You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweets to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game and finesse it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Status Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up, what up, what up, homie? Another day, another dollar. What's up, Shane? Yo, yo, what's going on, big dog? Cooling, man. How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it was a, I don't know about you in the market, but it's been a trippy one. We haven't FOMO. talked about it in a minute. FOMO. I've been meaning to tell you FOMO. You know what that is? Fear of missing out. Yeah. Um, true story. Uh, I bought a stock, uh, Urban One, I believe was the name of it. And they had an Urban One and an Urban One K. I bought it last year because it was it was jumping. And that's when I didn't know what I was doing. So I was that idiot that was getting in on the high. So anyway, I got in at the price and it dropped 70%. And it's been sitting at 70%. So this week out of nowhere, it jumped to like a plus 12. Mm. Then I'm like, okay, well, I'm back in the green. A plus 15. And then I was reading some stuff that I basically between now and Juneteenth, it's going to continue to rise. But I was like, you know what? I'm in the green. They say t- technically seven to 10% is a win. I've been in negative. I'm trying to get on these dividends. I sold and I'm not looking no more to see what it does. So yeah. yeah. Um, you know, FOMO man, hold your line. If you want to pull that profit, pull that profit, put it somewhere else. And if you pull it, it is what it is because right. what goes up must come down. It, 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 man, that's right. That's right, man. And I, I've had that. I've struggled. The first time I saw saw positive, I pulled it. I didn't even look. I, my plan went out the window. It, the the plan was no longer being executed. It was the fact that I saw positive for the first time in a minute, and I said, "You know what? I need this win. I just need to feel this. I need to feel this." So yeah, I know what you mean. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk again. Um, look at portfolio. I'm gonna run some stuff by you, but. Um, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to get I want to get our guy on today, a, a friend of the show, a, a guy who has part of his intro has connected us not only to some important people that are impacting our lives positively, but some important information that's helping to change the course of where we're headed and elevating our game. But to give our audience a little bit of info about him, here's where we're going to start. So first off, he has proven that you can suffer from ADD, OCD, dyslexia, and other personality disorders and still come out on top, right? So if you're suffering from this, this is the guy to talk to. He's a speaker and facilitator throughout the U.S. for a number of different conferences. And after you hear how intelligent he is, Trust me, you're going to want to book him at your show. You should hear some of the topics that he's crafted. I'll mention this. He currently serves as a principal research director at Infotech. And Infotech is one of the fastest growing information tech research 
and advisory companies providing or proudly serving 30,000 IT professionals. I want you all to welcome our good friend of the show, Mr. Hans Ekman of Ekman Guys. What's up, Hans? Hey, thank you for having me. It's my honor to be here. Good to see you both again. Yeah, man, you too. You too, man. You brought us a lot of attention when we came on your show, man, out of nowhere. Uh, you put us in touch with some good people, man, and it's been helping us to grow and we continue to collaborate and grow uh, together. And that's that's dope, man. You know, that the text chain you and AJ and myself have is, is kind of funny. I, I appreciate it, man, truly. Absolutely. Well, when you find people pulling on a door and you can get it swinging a little bit, you know, you all are doing most of the work. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of help to get that first part going and then it opens a new door for you and really happy to see what you're doing with it and can't wait to see you both in uh, Orlando. We're going to have a chance to to uh, keynote a conference together. Really honored uh, to do that. And it's going to be a fabulous event. So message any of us if you want information. Tomorrow's the last day for early bird pricing on that. So, uh, but uh, we, we'll hook you up if you, if you want to go. Yep, we uh, accept cash only. Uh, we do take bribes, absolutely. Uh, and just message us on the side, as Han said. With that being said, Shane. What blew your mind this week, man? I I was teetering before three thing between three things, and but Hans just kind of um, made up my mind for me. And I guess what's blowing my mind is um, the idea of don't knock on the door that you're not ready to answer. Mm. Don't knock on the door that you're not ready to answer. Um, and Hans just brought it back to me. Um, I've been, you know, removing, reconfiguring some things, trying to figure it out. And I've had two or three conversations with people that I look up to um, and and that I, you know, I, I don't look at the, I hadn't up until this point looked to them for much advice. It was the first time I actually talked to either of them. But what stuck out to me and kind of same things with Hans that just kind of stuck out to me was when I brought to them what I was going through not only did they offer me advice, but they also offered me other opportunities and opened other doors. Hmm. So I went to them and I knocked and now they have this, these things for me. And now I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give them back. You can't give them back. You know, it's just like um, our friend Ari this morning when she said, um, that uh she she's got the boxes packed already so now imagine when you know she's in her mind saying she's ready to go but mm -hmm. when that opportunity for that house comes mm -hmm. she gets hesitant or yeah. she doesn't have the finances in order so you yeah. can't speak out of the mouth life happens right so when you speak it when you knock you got to be ready to answer that sucker yeah yeah hans what, what are your thoughts on that I think it's right. And it's, it's hard to know what opportunity is going to be there. There's a, all right, sorry, a horrible quote from Under Siege 2 that uh, chance favors the prepared mind, mm -hmm. that part of it is if you're prepared, if you're solid, like you all have are leading people, if you know what your purpose is, you recognize that open door. But think back five years ago, would have you recognized that door opening for you if you had that conversation? Would you have been ready 
and able to take advantage of it. So now it's kind of forcing you to move forward, but how much prep, how much change had to happen that now you recognize it and you're ready and you can take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, to Hans point, I want to say thank you for the connection to the conference. I don't know if you've made a formal announcement about it, Vic, for our listeners, but um, you know, doing a keynote is, is amazing. And it was because of our connection with Hans and, it opened up other stuff for us and other projects that we're going to be working on. So yep. When that door connect and when that door knocks, boy, when that, when they knock, boy, when you knock, be ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point or to your question, no, I haven't announced it, but here in no time, like the present. No, so, no like the present. so to our audience, we uh, are going to be doing a keynote presentation for a conference in home sweet home Orlando where it all started for Shane and I funny enough that um, you know this brings us back home and we're excited about this because it's an extension of the show and if you've been rocking with us for a while you know how we get down and so we can't wait to go go back home go to go to old town and uh, uh, back in the day there was a group called the 69 boys and they had this song called uh, Come on, ride that train. Yes, sir. Um, for all my old school people right now, this, the beat is playing in your head and you're probably doing the dance too, secretly. There it is. <laughs> and so, with this being said, we're coming back home, Old Town, to ride the train. And if you want to come and attend the conference, as Han said, reach out to us. We're going to be doing some more. So be on the lookout for some more announcements. But enough about us. I hate self-promoting, even though I know we need to do it. Let's jump into this conversation with Hans. So we're talking to somebody who is the principal research director. I have no idea what that is. Neither do I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest, and when you talk about opening doors, I've been presenting at, at this conference series for over 15 years now. And there's been a number of people, great friends I've met throughout the conference, one of those people I met was a gentleman named Cole, and he lives in Toronto. And for about two years, we'd meet up occasionally. He'd come to an event or two that we were doing. And then out of the blue, one day when I'm really sick of my job, I really, I'm ready to move on. I get a call and he says, I have a job for you. I have a client who is suffering from the same thing you talk about at conferences and needs the same solution you put in. Could you come to our company do that for them, and then develop that as a product we could sell to everybody. And I was like, okay. And so I joined them in that one and through a few events and stuff, worked there for a year and then moved on from that. I get another call from him saying, I joined a company that does IT research. I'm like, how do you, like, we know how to do IT. What are you researching? Like I got, I have Google, I have Wikipedia, you don't need. And what it turns out is I learned that the company actually, you could learn how to do stuff. Like think about it, Shane, you could teach yourself how to play music, mm -hmm. but wouldn't it be easier if I took a class from you? Couldn't you get me started? Couldn't you tell me what matters? Couldn't you help me correct a lot faster than I could learn on my own? Absolutely. That is what we do for IT. We write blueprints to help people change over a period of days or a period of weeks or a period of years to do those difficult things IT organizations need to do to stabilize all the way up to becoming a trusted partner. So I actually 
research and figure out how to solve some of these problems. I write self-help guides <laughs> for our members to do on their own. And then they've got unlimited phone a friend where they can call me up and I walk them through, I talk to them, I add advice, I tell stories to help them understand. And that's really what I do pretty much day in and day out. And sometimes we take that whole thing and deliver it as a workshop if they really need to get that answer a little sooner. Hmm. All right. I understand that a little bit better. But how did you get to this point? Take us <laughs> take us down your journey, because I'm, I'm sure it was not a straight linear line to get to this. Like a lot of people, I never meant to get into IT. And I'm going to date myself a little bit because I'm coming up on my half a century birthday pretty soon here. And when I was starting out, coming out of college, the Internet was just beginning and it was just starting people were using dial up and just starting to get with it and at that point i was in college so my goal in life was i was going to be uh, a freshwater ecologist so i worked at oak ridge national lab studying why nuclear the basically the wastewater that comes out of a nuclear plant why nothing lived in the rivers that it was being flushed into I studied that for a few summers. Actually, it wasn't the toxins. It, it's surprising, but we'll save that for another show. I studied the reproductive uh, behavior of tree frogs in grad school. So it was all about ecology. But when I started thinking about it and I started looking at the people who were in environmental research, most of them weren't happy. And I knew I wasn't going to be happy. And so I had to stop what I was doing, stop my path and my journey and figure out what my new path was going to be and figure out what that next journey was. So you, you had almost a reoccurring history of stopping and having to start over. It has been a theme. And it, as you know, as we were talking and, and thinking about it, it, it amazed me how many times that's happened where I thought, I just assumed, hey, I'm going to get a PhD, I'm going to be in research, I'm going to be married, I'm going to have kids. Mm. I'm not in, well, I'm not in environmental research. Uh, I'm not a scientist. I never got a PhD. I'd love to get one eventually. So, you know, congrats to Doc. You've, you've achieved something that's on my wish list and my unicorn list. Mm. Never had kids. We decided not to. And it was a choice between, you know, it was like, okay, stop the family do we want to stay married and do we love our jobs? And for my wife, who is a behavior disorder, special education teacher, really? who's now specializing in trauma, even the best kids at the end of the day was going to burn her out. And she really loved how she was helping the kids. Like her schools that she serves are 95 to 98% free lunch. What yeah. that typically means is the only food these kids are getting on a reliable basis is coming from the school. The schools were actually taking bus drivers and delivering meals all during COVID, during remote, so the kids had something to eat. And we decided that that was more important. That was her purpose. That was her mission. It was something she loved. And that we decided that we she couldn't do that if we had kids. She would have to take time off, and even then it wouldn't happen. And I'm glad, you know, I know we missed out, but I'm glad we made that choice. It was the right one. But the beauty of that is the other thing that was blowing my mind this week. People are so afraid of staying in their lane. 
and just make a decision on this is what I'm doing, this is where I am, this is where I'm going to be. And hey, y'all come join me if you want. Like that's a, that was a conscious decision um, to do that. And that, that's, I mean, that's commendable. And then the other end of that is knowing that you can't stop in the midst of it. You got to keep on pushing and looking for other opportunities. And that's the other block that I think a lot of people have. Right. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's more of a pause and start over. Like you stop one, but you have to go the other way. If you stop, it's hard to get moving again. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get motivated. It, you know, if anyone, I've had a few bad periods in my career. So, hey, I look really good on paper. I have had two periods in my life where I could not find anybody who would hire me. And I'm like, but look at everything I've done. Look at what mm-hmm. I can do. And the longer it went on, the longer I started to doubt. And I had to make changes to get back in, to try different things. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. But eventually, I found that door. I found a door that was open. I found one that I could push enough that somebody on the other side could at least give me a chance. One of them, I actually, they turned me down. They said, I, we, we don't have work for you right now. I'm too busy to go out and sell new work. But if, if you wait, as soon as I sell the next deal, we'd love to bring you on. I was like, okay, I understand. Later that day, I called back. I said, what about this? Could you bring me on part-time? I'll take over some of your responsibilities so you can go out and close that big deal. And then we'll decide where you want me to go. But it, And even if you don't, at least you've got that next deal and you can decide what to go to. And I had a job offer an hour later. They said, that's the type of problem solving we want. We'll figure a way to pay for you. Mm. And I ended up taking over the account the person was working on, and he transitioned to sales, and they agreed to basically cover my cost, his cost, un, you know, unbillable for three months, and in consulting, that's a long time, while he closed some of the other deals. But that willingness to change, that willingness to pivot was what got me that job, and it opened doors that I didn't, wouldn't have even imagined at the time. I think it's a couple of things too. You know, you mentioned the problem solving, you, you know, and what you described was talking about compromising what you wanted and what you saw for yourself. Uh, but I think a big part that you hit on was thinking outside the box. Thinking outside the box. I, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but they say the problem isn't the problem. It's not having a solution is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know? When I was, uh, I had an opportunity when I was working for a bank of starting up and running a security services delivery team. And one of the biggest changes I wanted to make was it was a command and control environment, meaning the only people that made decisions had to be two levels above you. And I didn't like that. So for my team, I implemented a new rule, which was come, if you, if you need a decision, come to me and explain the problem. I want you to give me three options and your recommendation. We'll discuss the options because I might have information that you need. You might have information that I need, but at the end of the day, we're going to discuss and you're going to make, you're going to, we're going with your recommendation. And so I taught the team how to think, look at options, weigh them critically, but because they were the ones who had to deliver, they were the ones who had to do the work. If I make the decision for them, they haven't bought in. Mm-hmm. And I needed them to buy in and be willing to support the decision they made. 
Now, honestly, yes, I was influencing their decision and sometimes getting them to choose the answer I wanted. But at the end of the day, if they didn't believe in that option, they weren't going to give it their best. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what happens. I think we've heard rumors of, you know, Georgia football, uh, big Georgia football fan. And Mark Rick really took the program to the next level. But apparently the dysfunction between coaches, the infighting was so bad, the players started coaching themselves. They started mm-hmm. figuring out how to do it. And that's end, ended up being, from what I've heard, why he left. And that's really where it comes. If you can't trust your leaders, if you can't be that lighthouse keeping people pointing in the right direction, they're going to go off on their own way. And that might be a good thing and it might not, but it's our obligation to support them so they can be successful. Mm-hmm. So as you think back, what comes to mind for me is, we all have impactful moments that happen to us. You know, they, they help to shape us. They help to teach us lessons that in the moment we may not have realized was a lesson we were going to need later and possibly even pass down and share with somebody else in the future. So what was an impactful moment for you or a couple of impactful moments for you that taught you some valuable lessons? For me, I think one of the one of the hardest ones was and it happened a couple times so it wasn't a single moment but it was the same moment over again like i was caught in a bad movie and that was i was ready to be promoted to a leadership or a management position i knew i could do the job i had everything worked out if i started a company i knew how i would run it and nobody was willing to give me that chance and i couldn't understand why and At some point, it finally occurred to me that I was an individual contributor. I had never demonstrated I was a good leader. I had never demonstrated that I knew how to lead teams, manage people, resolve conflicts. I was always the go-to, the problem solver. I could get things done, but I had never proven that I could move out of the trenches and lead a group. Mm -hmm. And I had to stop being the superhero who is always trying to save the day. And I had to switch and say, how can I now make the team powerful, successful? And I'm an introvert. I got personality disorders. You know, I'm on the autism spectrum. So I don't read personal interactions very well. So I've had to develop scripts and coping techniques and things and ways of dealing with these limitations so that I can blend in better and be the person someone was going to turn to. And finally, it it took a while and I made a lot of bumps along the way, but I was able to make that jump. And then once it happened, it was kind of like, you know, now I'm living in the gated community and I can pick whatever house I want in the community, but I was locked out always before then. Mm. Um, I'm in a very similar place where I think I am my, I I guess if I was to be honest, my goal was to get to the college job, but I think I'm being told by the higher being that maybe it's your time to just completely leave academia and do your own thing and be your own boss and create your own opportunities. And it's super scary. It's it's super, super scary to be in that lane because, you know, you, you, you just have your mind fixed this way, but it's pulling you the opposite direction. And it's I mean, there's been so many signs in the last few days that it's been unbelievable. 
one of the uh, articles I wrote on LinkedIn and have on my site is fighting the fear of new and how easy it is to get caught in the HOV lane, coasting yeah. along. You don't have to worry about traffic. You don't have to worry about merging. You're going at consistent speed, and you might be able to go faster if you were weaving in and out of traffic, but you're going fast enough. And getting out of that and doing your own thing, whether it's your own thing or doing something different, the key is, and this is something that you both say over and over again through the show, and I think it's one of the core messages, is no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you can't evade your purpose. Mm -hmm. So whatever, whatever that path is, you're still going to be in the classroom. You're still going to be teaching. You're still going to be helping others. You're changing it. My master's is in science education. I never wanted to be in a classroom, but I'm a teacher at heart. That is core to everything I do is teaching and educating and helping. And I, I knew, and that's the approach I take to whatever I do, is I try and teach people to fish. And mm -hmm. I look for opportunities where I can do that. I speak, I do workshops, but I can't teach the same thing over and over again. So I stay out of the classroom because that's the wrong lane for me. I can't coast like that. And, and why, if you know that at heart that you're a teacher, and I feel as though I'm the same thing, I'm a teacher, why would I let anybody dictate how I teach and when I teach and who I should teach and where I should teach. And yeah, got it. Confirmation. Yep. And, the man, and there's, and there's, a, and, and this is a, you know, on the show, this is a stop and start over moment, but you don't have, to, this is also, you don't have to jump off the high dive all at once. No, I'm no. scared of heights. There might be some ways of transitioning into it easily. Like you all are branching into some new areas. Some of those are going to pan out. Some of them might not, maybe we do need a little bit of safety net for our family or a little security while right. we build that up. So it does, these transitions aren't, sometimes they're abrupt. Like I've walked out of a job that I never thought I would walk out of. And it was terrifying. You know, one minute I'm planning out everything and it's good. And an hour later I'm unemployed and it was terrifying. Other times I've transitioned over a longer period to what I wanted to do. So there's no, it, it's kind of like finding, finding the path that gets you to where your next step is. The lighthouse hasn't moved, but maybe the next critical step to get there has. Has, gotcha. And you know, it's, it's something to be said about when you're in this space, Shane, like you're talking about, it keeps tugging on you. Even yeah. You have those blinders on. Yeah. Something keeps tugging on your spirit. And that was another thing that this morning when we were in there with Ari, I forget the exact thing she said, but it's like that thing you're afraid of that you run from is exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. It's like that post I, I, I put up the thing that you, if you can't stop thinking about thinking it, about it, then don't stop working. Don't forward. stop working towards it. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's exactly. And I forget how she phrased it this morning, but it, it it's a thing like if you, you have a vision. If you get a vision or if you get an idea, it's 125% worth exploring and worth going after. And this is where, you know, turn to your network, turn to your friends and, you know, repurpose some of the tools. Um, I, I hit one of these stop and start over moments. I was at the same conference we're going to be speaking at. And one of the best speakers, trainers, most amazing people in my life, Bob Prentice, uh, 
we developed a very close professional relationship. And every time we got together, he said the same thing. Why are you still wasting your life and not living up to your potential? Mm. When are you going to fix it? And he was, it sounded mean, especially for people listening in on our conversation. But what he meant was, you could be doing more. You're not happy. What is that? Mm-hmm. And I took that seriously one time, and I actually did a SWOT analysis. So here's where the nerdiness comes back in. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Strengths and weaknesses is us. What are those things you do really well? What are those things that are weaknesses we have to work on or we don't do well and we might want to avoid? And then outside of us, in our environment, in our career, wherever it is, what are those opportunities we might be able to take advantage of? And what are those threats that could hold us back? And by doing that and updating it every year, it helped me understand not my purpose, but where I was and what I had that could help me achieve that. What might help me get to the next step? What are those things I really have to work on is not having a degree or a certification or being afraid of public speaking holding me back. I got to fix that. I can't get away with it anymore. So thinking about that, maybe start writing it out. Start writing out like almost like a vision board. What would that what would that ideal thing look like? Not the job, not I have my own business and a butler and a chauffeur, but what would be some of the things if I had to tell my wife at the end of the day how great my day was, what are some of those things I'd describe? And that's a destination postcard. You're writing a postcard in the future back to yourself now telling you what that success looks like and feels like. And sometimes that can be enough to help it clarify what opportunity or what path actually has that in for you. Ooh, Hans, Hans, listen. Superhero. Let me, he, he gotta be, where's the cake? Listen, you wanna talk about, you came down my street and hit home literally today. I was looking for templates to create uh, some content around. I said, I need to do this. And I was scrolling through the templates and the Word document, and I came across one that showed SWAT. And let me tell you how, how God sends you messages. I looked at that SWAT and I, I, I have an idea what a SWOT analysis is. And in that moment, I said, I thought to myself, I should do a SWOT analysis on myself. And I said, Mm-mm, I don't want to know that about me. And I scrolled past. I said, I'm not going, I'm not doing a SWAT. And then I used the excuse of, I don't know what a SWAT really means. And then I come here tonight. If, if man, I'll be checking in. You're, you've got homework for the weekend. I'll I'll check in and grade it next week. That's it. Oh, but that's how life works. That's how purpose works. You want to run from it, and you can't. You can't. You can't at every turn, no matter where you go. And even if you should decide to exercise the free will that you have and go a different direction, it always finds a way. And, and you know, it's the same thing with um i want to say negative traits but negative is such a bad connotation so if you have a habit of let's say you just have this habit of when it gets tough you quit when you get tough you quit when it gets tough you quit that breakthrough happens when you finally stick something out mm. so even if you fail at the end of that but you stuck it out and you stuck still it out. got a breakthrough you still gonna have that breakthrough the next level comes at discomfort right 
Mm. I know from mine, one of the threats that I have to look out for is if I've got a boss that I can't learn from, I can't stay. No matter how much I love the job, if the person that I'm following, I can't learn anything from them, maybe I can supplement it with the team or someone else. But if I've learned everything I can, I have to move on. Mm. And I've had to do that before. And it's been really frustrating because I've loved what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But it was a dead end. It was it was going to be the coast ride. Like I had exhausted where I was going to go. And that person, if I'd learned everything I could from them, isn't going to help me leapfrog over them. Mm. I needed to move aside and around them. Yeah. Mm. I, I'm my 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 I guess my buzz is if I feel like I'm underachieving or if I feel like being elite is not in the cards. Like if I'm in a group or in a sector or in a space where I just don't feel like everybody else around me is trying to be their best, I, I check out. Yeah. Exit. Stage left. Yep. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and thinking about it, because like you're both natural teachers, it's what you do really well. When you're in that group, is that an opportunity to learn a new skill? can you find something in each person that you could draw out or learn from them? Something that they could be a mentor for, because everyone's got unique experiences. Even if they haven't achieved much, I'll bet there's something that they could learn or a message that you might need to hear. And even just being able to learn how to have the conversations to draw people out, draw people in benefits later in life. It's something I'm working on hard. I'm working very hard on there's the dyslexia popping in as my brain got off track so for me i've got to learn how to have those conversations and script them ahead of time and learn how to draw things out because i just i can't do it i can't read people on the fly so i've but i've learned in those groups you're gonna find something that excites you you just got to figure out how to dig it out how to tie it in how to be inclusive and then that you become the person that other people want to follow because you're bringing the whole group together. It's not just the part that was having the conversation and the part on the fringe that's listening. You actually brought everyone together so they're participating. That's a powerful thing that people feel, but they don't usually notice. Well, you know, for me, that that's what has happened for me in that moment. If I exit stage left, what that means is I've done the investigative part to try to see each person, what, well, what do you bring to the table? Maybe I can learn something from you. Maybe I can connect you with this person. Let's dig into this group, this circle and see, do they actually want to move forward? So I can't speak for shame, but for me, when I say I get in a group or a space and I don't feel like people are trying to achieve excellence, I did my research and now I got just cause to go, all right, I'm out of here. I will quietly fade to the black. Yep. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's let me ask you the the staple question of the show, um, and it is always an inspiring message that we receive. And that question is thinking about the people you listen to and have listened to over the years, and the advice that you've been given. Who are three people that you listen to, and why? there's three people I think who have been the most supportive and helpful in my life. And 
if you had to pick them out of a lineup, you would never put these three people together. One of them I mentioned already was Bob Prentice. And I met him through the conference circuit. He took me from being an okay speaker to the, to where I am now. It's not where I want to be in terms of recognition, but I can hold a stage. I can hold an audience. I can deliver. And he helped me get there and he helped give me some clarities. Um, so Bob was absolutely one of them. Another, uh, oddly enough, I met through work and then, our paths crossed three times before we ended up becoming kind of lifelong co-coaches. And his, he's Dusty Rhodes, not the wrestler, oh. tiny little man who suffered from chronic ADD, could never sit still, and was all he was in branding and marketing. And he just, he was always solving problems. And he taught me more about sales and marketing and how to get things done. And the big key there is he he always asks people one question, and I'll, I'll leave it with you, and then maybe this is something we pick up in the future. What are three things you do uncommonly well that the average person doesn't? Mm. And what he found was, no matter what you do, the most successful people spent 80% or more of their time on just three things. Mm. Just there are three things that they did really well, and that's what their success was. Not wasting their time on the things that everyone else could do just as well. Mm. And that, that's a good way. That's uh, it's one of the persons I talked to this week gave me advice, and that's how you overcome imposter syndrome. Yes. Or one of the strategies for overcoming imposter syndrome. You double down on what you know, and you're the expert of that, and bada bing, bada boom. Mm -hmm. Yep. The last one is uh, I actually met through a social network, uh, through my wife's friends and the teacher network, was John Whitman. And I actually have a blog post, and I, I do a short video. Eventually, his story is going to be, if I ever get a chance to do a TED Talk, it's going to be that's the story about, uh, about John. John grew up in L.A., and by that I mean lower Alabama. So he was a country redneck Playing in the swamp, just a good old boy. Didn't, you know, went to community college, ma managed restaurants. I have never met somebody who had a better operational mind or was a better team leader. And we actually talked almost daily for a long time about things that were bothering us. He was basically my work spouse. So we could swap ideas. We could get advice. We held each other in check because our real spouses have one job and one job only. And that's to lie to us to make us happy. So they're going to tell us it's all right. They're not going to tell us we're being crazy or silly or petty. But your work spouse is the one who holds you in check. And you two play each other that way. You two keep each other honest. You keep each other on track. You hold each other to a high standard. And a spouse wants you to be happy, not necessarily successful. So they're not going to tell you what you need to hear. And John really helped me understand that Um he, I, he, I, uh, we had that before I understood what it was. It was too late when I actually understood that. Um, but he really showed me how to think with an operational mind, how to get teams to work well together. We'd go out to a restaurant and I'd see him looking around. I was like, you've already found 10 things that you could immediately fix that would make this place better. And he's like, I stopped counting at 16. <laughs> <laughs> just a great, just a great guy. Really? Oh, that's dope. Oh, that's dope. Hans, man, you've come on here 
and lit it up. I don't know. I don't know if, you know, AJ, if if that poke that, you know, AJ <laughs> gave you set you on fire, man. But I apologize. We didn't get you on sooner. <laughs> hey, it's an honor. The schedules happen and timing happens for a reason. Or I had to wait until you found that SWAT template or you weren't going to have me on the show. We got to exactly. wait till the stars aligned. Exactly. Everything had to align for it to make sense. I mean, you gave us both confirmation today. I, you know, it's almost like we should just hand this show over to you. Can we just be permanent <laughs> guests on your show? I, let's let's do that. Let's keep checking in and then we'll keep swapping some of the great guests that we've both had. And, uh, you know, that's how we're going to reach more people. And we've talked yeah, about this. Yeah. None of us can change the world. None of us can make a big difference. But each of us can make a lot of little small differences, teach others. They're going to teach others. And that's how we get our economy of scale. And when enough good people start doing good things, we'll start seeing the changes we want to see in the world. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to have setbacks, but we, you just keep plugging away at it. It will, it'll turn out all right. We've just got to keep on that mission. Listen, for our audience, um, you know, we don't point you in the direction of people who, who aren't some really dope people. When we tell you your network is your net worth, you just have to tap into it. That's what's happening. That's what you're seeing here. We've only known Hans for a short period of time, but he is definitely a permanent member in our circle. I can tell you that now. So if anybody tries him or runs up on him, just know he's got two that's coming from different directions to have his back, just so yes, you sir. know. Just yes, so sir. you know. Hans, tell the people how they can connect with you, how they can interact with you, and, and lean into what you got. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, everything I publish, everything I do, I share for free. It's my way of giving back. It's published on ekmanguides.com, E-C-K-M-A-N, guides.com uh that's the same name i have it on facebook on youtube all of that's linked off my website feel free to connect with me on linkedin i tend i try and i usually po publish more professional articles around software delivery agile product ownership through linkedin but i'm also trying to publish that more on my site as well and you know connect with me and if there's something i can do to help let me know if i can't i'll bet i can find somebody who can uh, so it's, you know, it's an honor uh, being here tonight. Really love both of you guys. Love what you're doing and the show. It's one of the few podcasts that I'll, I'll go out of my way to listen to. Uh, it's really enjoyable. I'm behind a little, but I really enjoyed listening to Sparkle uh, the, earlier today. And uh, so check out their past podcast. You're, you're going to learn something each and every time. That's Backlog right. is where the money's at, baby. Absolutely. We appreciate <laughs> you, Hans, man. Much respect. So let's close this one out. I got a quote that I think so fitting, so fire. It says, a hundred failures will never matter, especially when a single success could change the destiny of your world. A hundred failures will never matter, especially when a single success could change the destiny of your world. Listen, you're right there. I'm talking to you, somebody in our audience, I'm talking to you, you're right there. And yes, you've had a hundred failures or at least it feels like it, but all you need is one success to change the destiny and the trajectory of your life and the way this is going to turn out. You got control of the story. All you got to do is finish writing it. As always, we appreciate you for rocking with us. We appreciate Hans for joining us on the show. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, share the show. 
rate the show so that we can continue to move up the charts. We want to get to the top as one of the top podcasts, not just in America, but in the entire world. Help us to get there. We are expanding and growing and we're connecting with some really dope people. We have a guest lineup that is going to blow your mind coming up. So stay with us. As always, go live life on purpose. We out.